Welcome to the Tabletop Summary, where we dive a little bit deeper into why we love board games. Strap in and prepare for a deep sea adventure. Here are your hosts. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to the first official episode of the Tabletop Submarine Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm Andrew. Andrew, this is exciting again. We we put out a little preamble episode before talking about what we want this podcast to be, but this is kind of the first, you know, this is episode one of the Tabletop Submarine Podcast. I don't know about you, I'm excited. Oh, I'm super excited. Yeah, anytime you get a chance to launch something new, it's both stressful and interesting, and at the same time, it's fun. So, yeah, we're on that. Yeah, nothing is nothing in life that isn't stressful is not worth doing. Did I say that right? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you'll learn, listeners, as I talk. I have problems talking where my mind goes faster than my mouth, and so sometimes it just comes out as non-coherent speech. Luckily, I can edit it to make it sound good, but sometimes, no matter what I do, it won't sound good. But either way, that's why Andrew's here, and that's why we have guests on the show. Um, for those of you who are listening in, for the, this is your first time listening, we here at the Tabletop Submarine, our goal is to talk about games and the people who play them, but most importantly, the feelings and stories behind why we love games. Yes. Uh, with that, we try to get a guest on each episode to talk about their favorite games. If you want to hear some of our favorite stories, you can go back to episode 00 and listen to that. But today we have a very special guest. We have Devin Metlin. The Pre-Launch. Get to know us and our guests. Andrew, let's give a big welcome to our very first guest in the submarine, Devin Metlin. Welcome. Yay! <laughs> I, have, I have no sound effect. I don't know, but we're just going to say welcome. Hey, Devin, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. How are we doing? We're doing wonderful. I'm excited to be here. I'm. We're excited that you're here too. When we were trying to figure out guests for the show, like who we want to be on first, you were definitely in our top two of people we wanted to get on because it was because of your your group and what you do in the boarding community that me and Andrew actually met and were able to connect, and is a big part of why the tabletop submarine actually started. But enough of me talking. How about you go ahead and introduce yourself and kind of give a, a rundown who who Devin Metlin is? Oh boy, who is that guy? I don't actually know. Um, yeah, no. So like you said, my name is Devin Metlin. I'm the owner and creator of the Board Game Hype uh, Facebook group and just the overall Board Game Hype universe. I've basically been in the board game industry now about only two, two years, I think. So I've been hitting it strong for two years straight, uh, but I've been playing board games ever since I was a kid. And uh, I just, I love the community side of it. So yeah. Awesome. So the, the hyperverse. Um, this is something that you know. I was. I, I've known you since a little bit before the hyperverse. So can you tell me a little bit more about what the hyperverse is and what kind of goes on in that little community? Yeah. So um, it is hyper with a, with a B. I don't know if that's a lot of people pronounce it hyper, but it's actually I don't want to use hyper um, <laughs> just for a lot of reasons uh, why I don't want that for accessibility mainly, but. Um, yeah, so the hyperverse was kind of an idea I just had out of the blue. And I was like, I was in all these other Facebook groups doing my normal thing, community chatting. And then, you know, I started realizing that a lot of these Facebook groups were kind of, you know, they were kind of more negative than I want to be. And I'm very not negative <laughs> at all. Yes. And so, And I'm just like, I'm trying to do my thing there and, and posts are getting deleted and people are getting banned and all these things like that. And I was like, you know what? They always tell me if I don't like something, start it. 
start your own thing. And True. I've always been like that. And so I'm like, okay, cool. How can I do this? And I kind of, I used to do this when I was younger. I used to create little characters. Uh, I'd, I'd draw them out and just put them in Illustrator and make funky characters like that. And all of a sudden, I think I had just an idea. I drew a sh- three shapes because I was actually watching Squid Game at the time when I thought of this. And I was like, okay, those shapes are sweet. What can I do with those? And I started drawing and making weird shapes. And then all of a sudden I made my character, which is uh, my logo now. And uh, ever since then, I kind of had this idea like, oh, how can I make the community? How can I make a super engaging community? Because that was what I wanted right away. I want people to discover new games, meet new people, make new friends. And, you know, all those things, all the other groups say, but I wanted to see it actually happening and through engagement and community spotlights and all these other things and strategies I'm doing, that was kind of my goal going forward is I wanted people to just have a safe space where they can come in and join in the conversation and, you know, have a good time while doing it. So that's kind of the brief of what it is. And I feel like so far so good. I feel like the, the group is really growing quickly and there is a lot of positivity and uh, I think the characters and now some pets are making some interesting inroads. Some some fun things are going on. <laughs> yeah, the the pets, I don't even, I have two cats, okay? So that's the only pets I've really uh, ever had. But uh, again, it's, I love just the marketing community side of things. And so I was like, what else can I do to get people to talk, to get people to have fun and interact and and what better way to do it to introduce pets and introduce accessories and and outfits and and all these things um and so yeah i just was like one thing after the other i want to just constantly keep that fun community going and whatever ideas come to me i go with it so well i know i got hooked in based on the accessories i have a i have a winged lion holding a wine glass that's that's my pet um so thank you it looks really <laughs> awesome too, uh, but you definitely gamified the community a little bit. You you made it so that we want to participate in order to earn these little achievements, which aren't really anything, but they're fun and they're and they just kind of keep people interested. And I think that's great. I think you do a wonderful job. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I I was thinking about this earlier. You're taking like he's he's taken the Xbox Live Xbox Marketplace Xbox Live approach to a Facebook group where, you know, when we all got Xbox 360s when we were kids or a little bit older, you know, we played, we played for all the achievements and the achievements didn't mean anything, but it felt really good to get them. And it's a, it's a fun little place to be. And it's a community I go to a lot for support. There's a lot of designers there, but also a lot of just a game enthusiast and they actually give helpful advice as opposed to some Facebook groups, which don't. So I encourage anybody to check it out. Uh, we'll probably have a link in the show notes to anyone who wants to check out the Hyperverse. And I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit later on in the episode. But Devin, we are so happy that you are here in the submarine with us. And we are still on the surface right now, just getting ready to launch down before we go into a deep dive. So we got a couple things we want to talk about before we start getting ready and checking our radar. Um, the first things first we want to talk about, though, is that, Andrew, you just got back from a couple conventions, or and I think you're currently at one right now. Am I correct? <laughs> no, I just got back from uh, Protospiel Indy, okay. and the weekend before that, uh, I went to Geekway to the West. Um, so I'm taking this, this weekend off, and then I'm headed to Origins after that. So it's going to be a very busy month, but uh, it's been really wonderful. Uh, Geekway to the West was spectacular this year. Not only did it feel more like a true convention where... 
the sheer number of people was higher, but it still felt respectful. It still felt like there was room, plenty of room to breathe. Nobody was in each other's way. Nobody was too close or too crowded. And just watching hundreds of thousands of people playing games is just such a cool thing. Maybe not hundreds of thousands. Maybe it was only tens of thousands, but still, it was lots. It was great. Uh, it was an entire conference hall of people just playing games and having a good time. It was wonderful. Awesome. And how was a protospiel? Oh, my goodness. Uh, there's some really, really interesting games that will be coming out probably in the next two years that I'm starting to see now. A couple things kickstarting in the next six months that are pretty interesting. Uh, the highlight for me was a game called uh, Scourge of the High Seas. It's coming to Kickstarter in about two or three months or whatever or not. Keep a lookout for that one. It's a really, really good, clean uh, pirate game that doesn't go too deep into the weeds, but also is not too simple and plays really well. Really interesting stuff, but just lots and lots of other great stuff I played as well, including my own stuff. So that was nice too. I saw the picture of that on your Facebook. So are there components that... Well, earn that picture. Are those final components or just prototyping? I think those are prototyping leading into the final components, but those were all handcrafted by the designer. So he's pretty talented in, in making things as well as games. Yeah. Uh, listeners, if you ha- the picture I'm talking about, it was it, this game that I saw had some really good chunky wooden pieces. And I not gonna I can't really describe it because it doesn't make for good audio, but it looked really fun and it definitely popped off the table as I was looking at the picture. Drew me in, like, I want to play that game. And you're not the only one, Andrew, that who went to Protospiel Indie that I knew that was actually taking pictures of that game. Yeah. So that's something definitely to watch out for. I can definitely uh, put that picture in our show notes if you want to. Yep. Send me the link. I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> there you go. As for me, I have been busy trying to launch my development studio, Bifrost. This is a new uh, venture that me and a couple other designers are taking on upon ourselves. Um, I do like design. I like designing games a lot. I have a couple games that hopefully will be coming out in the next few years. But something that I found that I really enjoy and that I do have kind of a knack for, if I can brag a little bit, is game development. Um, For those of you who don't know what game development is, think about this way is where, say you're getting ready for a nice date, you get dressed, you comb your hair, you put on some nice pants, you walk downstairs and your partner looks at you and says, okay, your shirt's wrong, your tie's messed up, you look like an old man, change this, this, and you'll be fine. The developer is your partner. They take your idea and make it a lot better, make it presentable to the public. <laughs> and so me and a couple of friends are starting Bifrost Game Development, which will be focusing on helping younger designers get some quality development because development can be very expensive. And we want to bring all as many people into the design hobby as possible and get as many games out in the world as possible. So that's something I've been working on uh, a lot recently. I'm really excited for that to happen. Huh? Devin, anything fun or interesting happening in your life? Man, anything happening in my life right now? Um, I mean, the main thing um, that I've been working on is pretty much just board game hype. So we just launched the Discord um, for our, our service uh, as well. And so we're it's kind of been hidden in the background for a while. And I'm finally ready. That's I've been working it in phases. And so this is phase three of the board game hype universe. Uh, we have the Discord channel. And so right there, I've been working on behind the scenes doing like some game jam stuff. I want to do some competitions, some hyperverse games, um, play test days, uh, BGH, like online, um, what do they call them? Online conventions and a lot of stuff. So there's a lot of big things um, in my notebook on the back end. So that's kind of what I've been doing lately, along with um, filming 
bunch of previews and reviews for publishers and stuff. Got a ton of games and I've just got to smoke through here. <laughs> so it's been busy, but it's been a good time. <clears throat> yeah. If you ever do that BGH con at the Gambers Ranch you were talking about doing, you got to let me know. Oh, yes. Yeah. That sounds like a great time. I'd <laughs> be willing to volunteer. So <laughs> it sounds awesome. I know it's it's going to be fun. Yeah. The Gamers Ranch is what he's talking about. And it's just a huge ranch with a bunch of land. I don't remember what the guy's name is, but he owns a big plot of land and it's a huge ranch on the inside. There's gaming rooms, pool tables, workout zones, all these things you could do. And uh, it'd be a great place to host any sort of convention or just a smaller gathering of people. Count me in. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> BGH Let's do it 2024 okay <laughs> woo, woo. Let's, I'm ready I am ready for 2024 <laughs> okay with that let's go ahead and see what's on our radar in this segment we talk about things we're excited about things that are coming up immediately or soon enough in our future that really excite us Andrew I see you got some really cool um, games that I've heard about, and then some things I have no idea about that have to do with fish. So I'm <laughs> going to ask you what on earth uh, some of the games are that are on your radar. All right, so sitting on my desk right now is the huge, gigantic box of Foundations from Rome with the Sundrop Emperor, and I'm very, very excited to break this bad boy open and get this played, so... Uh, this was a really, really interesting game with beautiful, beautiful components. has crazy great table presence, and I just can't wait to break this box open and play it. Uh, the other things I'm looking forward to is I'll be demoing at uh, Origins this year with 25th Century. I'll be demoing Prehistories, which is a little bit of a... Um, it's kind of like cave painting with characters and cards and a little polyomino thing going on. So I'm looking forward to breaking into this one, learning it, and then I'll be demoing that at Origins. And then I've also got uh, Sunny Day Sardines, which is a card playing game where you are people working in a sardine factory and it's like card drafting and then execution. So you draft the cards and then put them to the center to try to get these uh, middle goals that everybody's trying to, to do. And as you uh, play the game through, the person who is most efficient with the engine wins. So that's two games or three games that I'm looking forward to. And then, of course, Origins itself, I cannot wait to experience for the first time. Yeah, Origins is something that I'm looking forward to as well. I will be demoing for third world studios, their game, the stuff of legend. Ooh. So I'm really excited to do that. Yeah, no, it's, it's a cool game about, I'm actually not sure what it's about. Cause they still haven't sent me their email about <laughs> what I'm supposed to be doing, but I'm what it's based off a graphic novel where a bunch of stuffed animals are basically trying to stop the boogeyman from invading a child's room. Mm. So it's like a more hardcore stuff fables, but before stuff fables actually happened. Okay. I think that like was one that, that uh, I've, I've heard, I think Stuff of Legend was the one where the story was so dark. I don't know if this is... I think this is the right one. The story is so dark that it's almost like you get done playing it and you're like, oh, why did I play that? <laughs> like, I've heard I it's a great know. game, but like, I heard the story is just like... Ugh. I'm excited either way to play. I hope it's dark. I mean, because I, I, when I was a kid, I always thought the idea of like, uh, you know, a cool teddy bear defending me against the boogeyman was cool. <laughs> And bringing it to a graphic novel, I think, is a great medium for that telling the story. And now it's a board game. Absolutely. Because board games are awesome. <laughs> so, awesome. And Foundations of Rome, the most overproduced game <laughs> that ever Masin Masucci has ever ever made. That's not, I was shocked when I heard he made this game because I saw the pictures of it. And Emerson Masucci is the guy who made, you know, like Century Spice yep. Road, which is like the most minimalist game. 
ever. So you haven't had a chance to play it yet, right, Andrew? It's still in the box, sadly. I need to break it out, but that's why it's on my radar. Hopefully this week I get it out. Well, what about you, Devin? What's what's on your radar right now? Yeah, well, the biggest two things on my radar right now is um, first thing is, I guess there's three things. I just thought of another one. So in, in a, three weeks, I'll be going on, on vacation to Yellowstone National Park. Very so nice. So hopefully I can be uh, you know, out there with the, with the wife. We're going to be going for about two weeks and Hopefully I can bring some some board games like Parks, Trails, Hive, you know, all the thematic board games. And maybe we'll uh, play a couple games in the tent. But yeah, outside of outside of that, then um, July 19th, the Moonrakers Big Box expansion is coming out. And boy, oh boy, I love this game. I was honestly surprised because I don't, you know, we only have really two people to play with almost all the time because there's not a lot of people around me. And so when I played it, I was like, it's really good for multiplayer, but we played it at two and wow, it, it worked just fine at two. It was so fun to just have a negotiation just back and forth. And yeah, there wasn't like a bunch of harsh negotiations or anything. We were just like, oh, I guess, you know, I have this card in my hand, you know, maybe I can borrow that from you to get this contract. But um, yeah, so I'm really excited. They have three small box expansions coming out. Uh, with this Kickstarter, and then they have like a big box, so to put everything in, uh, just like all Kickstarters are doing nowadays, it seems. So yeah, that's that's coming out soon, and I'm really excited for that. Nice. Um, and then finally, Gen Con is coming up, and I, I I'm finally going. So this is where it's weird. I've only been to one convention my entire life, and that was Gen Con last year. And I worked that booth last year, so I got to experience it, but from a sales side of it, I was working the booth, and so I didn't get to actually hang out with people and have fun. So this year, I'm hoping to do a ton of networking, you know, play some games with people, and just try to meet as many people as possible going into the next uh, next year. So, yeah. Andrew, are you trying? Are you going to try to make it to Gen Con this year? Uh, we'll see. I, I, I want to, and I'm interested in doing it, but I might have already too much on my plate already. So we'll have to see how it goes. Yeah. I'm trying to make it. I hope I'm hopefully having a opportunity to help boardgametables.com out with their stuff. Uh, but we'll see. It's just a matter of trying to find a place to stay at this point. Cause I'm kind of late to the game. Yeah, so. It's expensive. <laughs> yeah. It's very expensive. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's a whole different conversation. <laughs> On my radar right now, I recently made a purchase that I've been dying to make for the past, you know, year, maybe even year and a half. I don't even know. I actually got myself a copy of Sleeping Gods. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, no, I am super excited for this. I, I, I love Red Raven games. Only, and I hadn't. I've only played one of their games. I've only played Rome by Ryan Lockett, and that was super fun. But every time I look at that cover and see what the oh. game actually entails, I just get super, to borrow a phrase from our guest, hyped about it. Like, it just looks <laughs> so good. And I finally got, my, my wife's the one to play too. And, you know, I had that some story, had some, it, had, that she makes all the decisions with our games, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so, but like, I, I was, I saw it sitting there at the game store as I was going in for a job interview and I looked at it, I'm like, you know, it's only almost 90 bucks. And I have some <laughs> store credit. <laughs> I, I have some store credit. So I text my wife's like, yeah, you know, I mean, I almost bought Sleeping Gods. It's like, she, she's in vacation right now in Utah. And she's like, just go ahead and get it. I'm like, really? And she's like, yeah, you've been wanting it for a while and I want to play it too. Just go get it. Oh, and so there I you go. 
picked it up and <laughs> saw the table. Now it's on my shelf, and I'm hope, hoping to learn it this week so she can come back and we can have a Sleeping Gods date night or something. Nice. So besides that, I have Origins I'm going to. I'm hoping to meet up with Andrew and some other people that I've made friends with, which – you know, it's it's strange in the board game hobby that most of the, most of the friends I have now I live nowhere near. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. yep. I think that's a weird board game phenomenon, and I love it. But yeah, I'm super excited. I'm going to Origins, so I'm excited to see lots of friends. And with that, uh, let's talk about seeing friends underwater. Let's get into the dive. All right, so here with the dive, what we want to do is we want to showcase an original story with our guest that really talks about the joys and sorrows and and all the feels that you get from playing these games. One of the best parts about games is the stories that you can tell, and you create those stories. You drive those stories. You live those stories. And we want to hear what Devin's stories are all about. So, Devin, tell us about a time that you had a really emotional, a fun, a joyful moment when playing games. And let's talk about it. Yeah. So I, I kind of struggled a bit because there's, a, there's so many stories. That's the best thing about board games is how can you just find one story that's the best thing ever? Because I've had so many fun experiences playing games. Uh, but the one of the things that really comes to mind is I'm a huge Magic the Gathering player. And so I love playing Magic. I love playing Commander, EDH, all that fun stuff. And that's kind of my game group is a Magic game group. They don't really play board games. Okay. I'm the board gamer of the group. And so whenever I'm like, hey, maybe we can play some board games tonight? They're like, no, we're playing Magic. I was like, darn it. Okay, <laughs> fine, I'll, I'll play again. Um, but yeah, no, so... Those are my best memories is probably when I'm playing Magic. And I, there was just one memory that I can still remember um, pretty much to the T. And I was playing a game. I'm a control player, so probably why they don't like playing with me. Uh, I'm a blue-white player, and so there's like a lot of counter spells and bounce effects and those fun things. So I was playing a uh, some sort of blue-white deck, and my friend always plays dragons and big, beefy creatures and green red and uh magic players will know what that means and so he he was going up against me he was like i'm gonna attack you for dirty or whatever large number it was and i was like okay no i'm gonna say no this and i played a card that bounced all of his creatures to his hand and then he got super frustrated (laughs) he was just like are you are are you kidding me right now obviously he said better words than that but (laughs) um so so he bounced it right back to his hand and then he's like okay fine i'll do this and then i had i had a card like on the top of my deck that i could there was a card that said i could look at the top of my deck at any time and play it if i had the mana to cast it so he was coming at me again i had the mana to cast it and i countered his thing from the top of my deck and he's like at this point he is furious there's like just smoke fumes coming out of his ears (laughs) and it's just visibly hilarious and then he's just like okay fine whatever and he's just boom i play this card destroy that thing (laughs) i look at the top of my deck it's another counter spell (laughs) (laughs) another counter spell i play it again and oh my gosh i can't tell you how red his face was it's just like the moment this is why it's so memorable because it just keeps getting redder and redder and finally 
when I everything was all done, he's like at the end of his turn, he played one more card to try and destroy my uh, enchantment that I had. And sure enough, flipped the top card of my deck, and it was another <laughs> counter spell. You um, had three of them in a three row. Three in a wow. row. And I had all the mana to cast it. It was like four mana. And oh my gosh, he he pretty much quit at that time. I thought he was going to flip the table. And I, en- I ended up losing that game, but he ended up being last place because of my counter spells. And yeah, it was that's like probably the best memory I have because it instantly when you said that, I was like, that's what came up to my mind. <laughs> Just because it was hilarious how that luck happened and um, even if I didn't win, it was still probably the most fun I've had in a while. So yeah, that's probably my well, that's best. That's great. <laughs> so in bowling, if you get three strikes in a row, that's called the Turkey. What is three counter spells in a row in magic magic called? There's gotta be a term for it. <laughs> you don't <laughs> play, <church. laughs> I'll flip that out. <laughs> no, that's pretty much it though. You're totally correct. <laughs> it's like, stop playing. You don't deserve to be here. <laughs> oh man so here, here's a confession of a, of a teenage gamer that i am not i actually i will say i have never played magic properly oh okay like like that's maybe some like it's for someone who's in the hobby as i am like i had one I was, when i was serving a, a mission for my church i had a missionary they had this whole stack of magic cards they brought and he wanted to teach me and so i sat down and started to learn from him and I didn't understand anything that was going on in the game. I ended up actually hating it because he just wanted mm. to demolish me because he he didn't honestly like me too much. <laughs> <laughs> That's besides the point. Yeah. But like, you know, I, I, I've been trying to, I, I don't know. It's magic is one of those things that eludes me, but I hear so many great stories about it. And it, I, one thing I got to ask that I'm curious about. So the blue, the blue, what's it called? Blue white deck. Yeah. Blue white control. So, so, I hear so much garbage about that combination yeah. from Magic players. I have a friend Patrick, who is uh, he's he hosts the Level Up Board Game podcast, and he was an avid Magic player mm. uh, for a long time. And he he just mentions that sometimes he, when he talks about something, no, he just has like he's like blue white deck and Magic. So so what makes that so annoying? If you guys well, can enlighten me. Yeah, so blue white is pretty much the hard control decks usually. You can build them to be like more fun and help everyone around the table. But most of the time, people that play blue-white just want to control the entire game. And so by by control, they stall a lot of things. They make the game usually go longer because there's like counter spells. They are essentially the people that don't let the others play the game for most of it, which is why everyone (laughs) hates them, you know, because it's like, come on, I want to play this game. Don't make it cost five mana for every other spell besides yours and it's things like that but for me i don't play like the hard control because i don't think that's fun you know i don't want people to just Mm -hmm. say no all the time to me um that one time we played that i was like hey can i play my my control deck for the first time in like (laughs) six months because they don't let me play my really hard control decks and so I like to play the ones where just some bounce spells, which means you send it back to their hand or back to the top of the deck or um, send it attacking someone else. Like I like doing deflection kind of things and really using that politics uh, in magic, which is really big in commander. It's like working with other people to try and do fun things. And so, yeah, so when you hear blue, white control, usually they're just the jerks of the group. <laughs> so basically... 
you're trying to nerf everything at the table as we're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah, you're trying to be more powerful than everyone at the table. You're always going to, with blue, you're always drawing uh, a ton of cards, which in card games, drawing cards is great. And then in white, it's a lot of healing yourself and like stalling out the game. So like kind of a lot of passive abilities where it says players can't cast spells or like players can't do this or can't do that. So blue, white control is like, oh my gosh, just blood boiling. (laughs) So here's a question for you all then. What are some of your, what are some other games that you guys like where you can say no and it feels super good? Hmm, that's a good question. Andrew, I'll let you go on that one. Uh, I'm a big fan of saying yes, so I try not to play games where people say say no. Uh, I don't like a lot of the take that kind of thing, but I love a lot of building towards things, and I like excelling toward things, and, and I love card combos, and I like the putting of things together. So I'm not a big fan of nerfing other things. I'm not a big fan of cutting people's legs out from underneath them. <laughs> but I understand that that is part of a lot of strategy, and it can be a very smart way to play. But I say, go for it. Do it. Do the thing. Have the fun. That's what I do. So I would probably not enjoy your control deck. Yeah, no, you definitely wouldn't. I mean, that's very much my... I love Take That. But I'm coming from the perspective of I only play two-player most of the time. So when I'm... Every game we play, it's like I have to be cutthroat if I want to win. You know, it's like I don't want to help my opponent win. And so... I've always had that mentality of, okay, I take that's kind of fun. You know, when you do too much of it, then it's like, okay, now I don't want to do this anymore. But for me, the game is probably Unstable Unicorns. That's honestly the game Ah. that uh, got me into the hobby. And so you can thank them for having me here (laughs) because like without that that game, I would not be here. You know, I didn't know anything about this side of uh, the board game industry. And I played that game and I, instantly fell in love because it felt a lot like magic like with the game how you play the cards and it triggers certain abilities and you draw cards and my my wife doesn't play magic she's just like you josh she's like this is too much i don't know how the combat works i don't know what you're talking about leave me alone (laughs) and (laughs) finally i was like okay fine i won't get her to play magic and i saw that game and i was like oh my gosh i think i can get her to play magic and so I bought it, and yeah, now we play that game all the time. And so, yeah, so that's why. So I'm just curious, if Unstable Unicorns brought you into this this game space, is that an homage to unicorns on your face right now? Does it, looks like, cause it looks like your glasses are made out of unicorn horn, is what that looks like to me. So uh, I, I like the homage there. That's That's well done. I appreciate that. Just, just a little bit. <laughs> for those of you who can't, for those of you who can't see the podcast, uh, we, he's wearing Devin's wearing some nice, I don't want to say hipster pink glasses. It's kind of his trademark where he wear, he wears different color glasses. He works it. Feel works free to good. shame me. It's fine. Oh no, no, that was not shame. That was no, respect. not you. I'm saying everyone else because they're always like, <laughs> "Why are you wearing those dumb glasses?" And I'm like, "Why are you complaining? I'm being myself. I'm having fun." Why are you wearing your dumb face? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. You know, this it, it's really interesting how we're talking about Take That in the first episode. And lots of hobby gamers, they kind of frown upon Take That mm-hmm. in lots of ways. But in all honesty, if you look at board game sales, more than often not, it's the games that involve Take That that bring people into the hobby. Yeah. So, you know, what's the what do you guys think of the widespread appeal of the Take That you know, I was, I was going to say take that mechanism has in bringing people into card games and board games. 
I have a couple of thoughts on this. I think that what Take That allows you to do is is be a little more kid-friendly. Because I think as a kid and as people who have children, their children love to smite them. They love to smite their sisters. They have to smite their brothers. They like to smack them around. And since they can't do it physically, they want to do it mentally. And since you can't really drop a hammer on someone without having some repercussions, what you can do is you can play a game where, like, you know, for me, it was Survive growing up. You guys ever played the game Survive? Yeah. I, I so, have not. Yeah. So basically, you're, you're on an island. You have a bunch of meeples of your color. You're trying to get them off to safety. And as the island sinks, there's sharks, there's whales, there's sea serpents. And basically, what you get to do is you get to move your guys, and then you get to roll a die, and then that's the disaster you get to try to bring upon your enemy. You can bring the shark and try to eat them in the water. You bring the sea serpent and try to eat them everywhere. You bring the whale. You try to crush their boats. So that was the take that I was allowed to do as a child with my, with my sister. And so that was kind of where I was at. But I think that's where the appeal is, is it's the friendly way to get a little dig in on somebody. So if you have friends that like to crack wise on each other, or you have friends that like to put each other down in a, in a playful way, mm-hmm. that's the verbal version of take that, right? So I think that's where the appeal comes from. But I also feel like for a lot of people, the world can beat you down enough. So I think there's there's two sides of this coin, and I think I'm part of the second side, which is I like to build people up. I like to share good experiences and share positivity, which is what Devin's community is trying to do. So his community is essentially the opposite of take that, and I appreciate that, and that's where I leave the games <laughs> at. So, I mean, I, I think there's a way to play games in a way that really allows people to build and grow and become stronger and help them get there. And me and my wife, we like to play games where one person does it better than the other person. But I do know that there's a place in this world for take that games. And I, I, I reserve those for the ones that are done well. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with most of that. I mean, for me, being a guy <laughs> most. that most, most, <laughs> no, for me, being a guy that um, loves the community, you know, I love bringing people together. I do love take that. And so I kind of have two sides is for me, I think it's more of the just the competitive nature. And I think that's why the the achievements work. I think that's why the um, battling, you know, back and forth, you want to battle your friends. And just like you said, you play take that games because you can just be like, haha, now I'm going to say no to you. You did this to me in real life the other day, but now I can do this. And, and so I definitely agree with, you know, why people enjoy that side. Um, but yeah, there are some games that I have played where it's like, I kind of don't want to play it again. I, I can't remember. There was a couple a while ago we played and it was just like constantly like destroying everyone's thing all the time. And it made the game go longer and it made people just not want to play it anymore. And so some of those games can really ruin game nights, you know, like especially if you start it with it because mm-hmm. then the mood is ruined the entire time. And so if you're going to do take that, just use that rule. Um, that rule zero is kind of what it's called in, in commander and magic is talk to your play group first before you p- play the game. Just tell them like, Hey, are you guys okay with some take that games right now? Yeah. Because if you don't give them awareness, then they're going to be like, why did you bring this game? Like, I hate you. <laughs> I don't want right. to play this again. And so I, I think personally, as long as people are okay with playing that and have that mentality going in, then I think it's totally fine to play. Uh, but yeah, most of the time, I, I'm just like you, Andrew. I love to bring people up. 
I when I don't play my control decks, I'm playing decks that help everyone else draw cards, help everyone get creatures, and and escalate the game to get to that point of like fun. And so, so yeah, I can see why that's um, a thing. You will never find me more mad and more rage induced than when we play a game called Cover Your Assets. Uh, I know <laughs> you that one. Are... Yep, that is. Take that pretty much epitomized. And <laughs> holy cow, <laughs> I get so I have never won a single game of Cover Your Assets. <laughs> I have played it over fifteen and twenty times at this point, only because every single family member that I know loves that game. I think they and might me, play it because of the way you blow up, but that could be possible. Oh, probably, <laughs> that's probably, probably. That's that's probably exactly why. I sometimes refuse to play it because I know I'll get mad. Like, well, well, that's your choice to get mad. Like, well, yeah, it is, but it's my choice because of... <laughs> and I want to go into a long tirade. Like, this is why mechanically it doesn't work. This is why it's stupid. And I never win and I get... <laughs> but like, you know, I, I think like I think setting expectations like that is always good, and I think that I think you're right. That leads to a better play experience as long as players know what they're getting into. Agreed. So, well, I think we've gone deep enough into why take that is you know still maybe maybe a frustrating but still an important you know aspect in bringing people into the hobby and you know why we love board games. We got Devin, whose entire entire magic strategy is around take that, but also you know I want to give back as well. <laughs> and I think we've done, I think, Andrew, I don't know what you think. What do you think? What do you think? How, how, how has this dive been? I think it's been really good. And I think we're getting a little stale with the air. So let's resurface. Well, we're back on the surface now. The air is fresh. We can breathe again. Uh, Devin, thank you so much for coming on this little adventure with us and for joining us in the submarine today. I'm going to give you 30 seconds to plug whatever the heck you want. Go for it. Yeah, thanks guys for having me. It was a lot of fun. Um, so if you guys want to check out the Facebook community I have, it's called Board Game Hype. Um, it's a private group, but if you get invited, you can join. I will onboard you just like I do everyone else. You'll get a quirky little avatar that represents you within the community. We also have a YouTube channel where I do previews, reviews, discussions. You can find that at youtube.com slash boardgamehype. And then also, we just started the Discord. So if you want to join in on the Discord, it's again, Board Game Hype. Play some games. Uh, we'll have some fun and we'll interact and have some great time discovering new games and meeting new friends. Well, thank you so much, Devin. We appreciate you coming on today. Andrew, anything you want to say to our wonderful listeners before we sign off? Just play as many different games as you can because we're both believers that there's a, a game for everybody out there. It's just finding your niche, finding your spot. And the more games you play, the more you can realize what's for you, what's not for you, and hone it into the things that you love. Well, thank you guys so much. We appreciate you listening in. Thank you again for all the people who are giving us a chance and taking some time to listen to us talk about board games and dive a little deeper into why we love them. And we'll see you next time when you join us in the submarine. Thank you.